All right, let's try that again. Everyone doing all right? All right. How much is Ryan trying to raise? Remind me. Four thousand dollars, and the Lord, the Lord's gonna gonna do it. There is a link on the website, correct? If you go to the website, uh, gatheringviridian.com, and the Lord puts on your heart to uh, to give. Uh, and like Ryan said, this is an incredible opportunity. It's extremely difficult to get into the school out of all the uh, young adults in the nation that applied. It's very limited, and uh, the Lord opened the door for him to do this. And uh, we believe that the Lord's going to open the door financially for him to do it as well. So he's taking a step in faith and uh, believing, just believing that God's got his back on this. So, so uh, if, if the Lord lays on your heart, please go to the website. Uh, you'll be able to donate. Uh, there'll be a link where you can donate for that right there. And uh, like you said, it's going to be a blessing not only for him to grow spiritually and just to, to grow as a man, uh, but also to uh, to bring what he receives right back here and bless us. He's already a blessing to us every Sunday morning, uh, and he's a blessing weekly to our kids, to our teenagers. And uh, I know I've got a teenager that that I'm trying to to, to co-raise, and uh, and she she has been incredibly impacted by him. So uh, so I, I just thank God for this opportunity, and and for all of our teenagers, we'll still continue to have youth night on Wednesday nights. Uh, uh, gathering youth still going to take place, and uh, we're formulating uh, a plan already. We got a little bit of time, but we're formulating a plan. And I'm just going to throw this out there. I've already talked to Ryan about it. You know, I, I realize I've been pastoring for about two years uh, here at Gathering, but uh, and before that, I was associate pastor for about eight years. But for 13 years, I was a youth pastor, and that's why I got. And it's a wonder I did not get arrested. I was like incredibly insane with it. So. Uh, you know, with some of the some of the stunts that we used to pull, so I may I may have to pull out some stuff from my old bag of tricks or whatever. See if they still work. Uh, hey, that's right. <laughs> the The cool thing about it is if if uh, if y'all give me a shot to, to to teach the kids for a few weeks, when Ryan gets back, he will seem like the most normal man on the planet. For the, they're gonna be like, oh, Ryan, we can relax. You know. Uh, all right. Hey, uh, uh, we are still continuing today to talk about what it looks like to walk in faith. We always say that, walk walk by faith, not by sight. Well, what does that look like? There are some basic principles the last few weeks that we've been going over just talking about faith because God wants to move us from people that believe in him to pe- people that simply believe him. There's a big difference in believing in God and believing God. If you, we get a lot of Christians that believe in Christ and that's wonderful, but do you believe Christ? If you really believe the word of God, why do we have so many Christians that are struggling with anxiety, struggling with helplessness, hopelessness, depression, all that stuff? If, if you believe, if you can really learn to walk in faith and really learn to walk in a, in a sense of truly believing, then, then you're going you're gonna to understand that, hey, you don't have to worry about things. God's got your back. He's going to take care of everything, right? Uh I just realized I was getting in front of the camera, and I think they're trying to live stream for those who couldn't be here. So uh, those of you watching at home, sorry about that. Uh, first of all, we've got, uh, as, as uh, Kate said, we've got a lot of new faces. And uh, thank you for being here. If this is your first time or one of your first times to be here, thank you. You could have been anyplace else on the planet, but you were right here with us today, and we're honored that you would do that. And uh uh, we're going to try to get into the word and be as concise as possible, but I don't want to cut the word 
too short because I want everyone to kind of pick up on the truth that's going to be taught today via the Holy Spirit. Uh, but we are at the conclusion of my message. We're going to commission our elder board. This is something we were going to do last March at the top of the year. Uh, we were able to ordain our pastoral staff. We're a young church, so we're kind of walking through all this stuff. Uh, at the conclusion, we're going to commission our elder board, or, or basically it's our church board, and and uh, just pray over them and and uh, thank them for the service. They, we've we've already been blessed to have a church board that's been operating in a, in a wonderful capacity for us and making some good decisions, uh, being good stewards of what God's given us for this church. So uh, we'll do that at the conclusion. All right, so today, if you'll, if you'll, if you have your Bibles, you can turn there, or if you want to, it's also on the website, all the scriptures I'm going to be reading from today. We're going to, we're going to start out in John 20. But before we do that, as a recap, remember Hebrews 11 and 1 says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, that place of hope we're to believe with our hearts, that we're to believe with, with, in a place that, that conjures up some of our emotions. We're supposed, in other words, we're supposed to feel our faith in a lot of ways. Uh, it's the substance of things hoped for. Hope is an emotion. The evidence of things not seen. In other words, there's going to be times you have to believe some things that you don't see. We're going to dive into that a little bit more today. Uh, Romans 4 tell, tells us how we are to believe. We're to believe like Abraham. The Bible said that when Abraham had nothing to believe in, he didn't have a shred of evidence to believe the Word of God, he still chose to hope and believe in the Word of God. That's how life's going to be sometimes, isn't it? There are going to be times that you're just going to have to have faith in God, and life is not going to give you one ounce of evidence that what you're believing for, that you should believe for it, other than the fact that you simply have faith, right? Genesis 12, uh, we're going to, in, in the next few weeks, we'll talk about Genesis 12. Genesis 12 talks about the covenant of Abraham, which we have been grafted into. God made a covenant, some promises to Abraham in Genesis 12. There were five times God said, Abraham... If you'll simply believe me, I will do this. I will do that. I will do that. In other words, this covenant had to do with faith. If you'll simply believe me, I will do this. I'm going to be your God. I'm going to take care of you. I will prosper you. I will do all this stuff. And, and it's going to be for you and all the generations after you. And then, and then there's a new covenant through Christ Jesus that we actually get grafted into that promise. So we've got that same contract with God. And that's really what our walk with God is all about, is understanding that covenant, okay? Now, here, like I said, in the weeks to come, we'll, uh, Lord permitting, we're gonna kind of dive into that covenant and really dissect it and see exactly. You know, it's one thing to have a good insurance plan, right? You say, woo, I've got insurance, this is great. But if you actually open it up and read what your insurance covers, and you're like, wow, okay, I am getting a good bang from a buck here, you know? That's what we need to do with the covenant that God is, has for us, the provisions that God has for us. We need to dive in so that we can go, wow, God really does have my back. God really is taking care of me. <clears throat> so here are the, we, we've already talked about two basics of what it looks like to walk in faith. You remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked about basic number one, to believe in your heart and confess with your mouth. That's how your whole salvation begins, to believe in your heart, confess with your mouth. So there are gonna be some, you don't believe with your mind, your mind simply processes what it sees, but your heart, the, the place of desire, the place of intention, that's where you begin to believe. You got to feel what you believe in, and then you speak it out. There are some times you're going to have to speak to the mountain, the Bible says. If you'll speak to the mountain, be removed, cast into the sea, and you believe what you say, you believe what you have confessed with your mouth, 
is true, Jesus said it'll take place. So that's, that's truth number one of walking in faith. Last week, if you were able to catch the live stream, since we kind of had to makeshift and have church right there in the Dave cave and, and go live, uh, the truth that we learned was faith does not work in an unforgiving heart. After Jesus revealed the truth about believing in your heart, confessing with your mouth, or, or speaking to the mountain to be removed, he immediately said, when you're standing there praying, if you have something against your brother, you need to let it go and forgive him. Let it go. Drop. Drop it, he said. So, so last week we learned that it's an un, you, can't, you can't walk in faith and unforgiveness at the same time. It just doesn't work like that. So if there's anything in your heart that you hold against somebody, you're going to have to let it go if you want faith to be alive in, in your life. This week, the basic truth is this. When you believe it, you'll see it. When you believe it, you'll see it. Or in other words, you can't inherit the covenant of Abraham with faith like Thomas. We're going to talk about Thomas. and Thomas gets a bad rap, but we're going to talk about him. There's a way that you have to believe. You have to believe and have faith the way Abraham had faith, not the way Thomas had faith. And we traditionally have faith like Thomas. Someone said, I thought it was old doubting Thomas. We used to always talk about doubting Thomas, right? Doubting Thomas. Oh, don't be a doubting Thomas. Thomas didn't doubt. Thomas did have faith. The problem is he had faith the way that we traditionally have faith, right? So let's read. Let's, let's go into what's, what's going on here. John chapter 20 starting with verse 24. But Thomas, one of the 12, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. Now, what has taken place here, Jesus has resurrected. He's begun appearing to certain people. According to the gospel of John, he appeared to the disciples, except when he appeared to the disciples at that moment, Thomas wasn't there. He wasn't with them, right? Uh, so the other disciples kept telling him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see his hands, the marks made by the nails and put my fingers into the nail prints and put my hand into his side, I will never believe it. Now, can you really blame Thomas? His mentor, his friend, his, his, uh, the guy that he idolized and looked up to for three years, Jesus, wound up being executed publicly and then buried in a tomb and now all of a sudden, all your friends that you've lived with for three years of your life and traveled around and did ministry with are now claiming, no, we've seen him. He's not dead. He came back to life. What kind of crazy story is that? Yesterday, I, yesterday I went to uh, my sister's house over in Garland because my brother's two daughters came to town to visit for the weekend. So I went and had lunch with them and visited with them. I hadn't seen them in two, both of my nieces, I hadn't seen them in two years. Now, my brother passed away in, in 2013. Uh, this month, this month is seven years ago. I miss him more than ever. Uh, he was one of my first heroes, my big brother. Uh, but it was so good to see both of his girls and to love on them a little bit. Now, had I gotten there and they said, Dave, you're not going to believe what happened last night. Our dad, your brother showed up and had dinner with us. Now I probably, I probably wouldn't have went, woo, glory to God. Yeah. I probably would have said, okay, you know what? Uh, First of all, that's not cool. Second of all, yeah, uh, we're going to try to admit you to the hospital because something is really wrong with you, you know? So we can't really blame Thomas for not believing this crazy story, right? Uh, so he goes on and he says, look, he says this, uh, unless I actually see it, you guys supposedly have seen it, unless I see it, 
I can't believe it. That's too crazy. Verse, verse 26, eight days later, his disciples were again in the house and Thomas was with them. So this time he was hanging out with them. Jesus came, though, the, though they were behind closed doors and stood among them and said, peace to you. Then he looked at Thomas. Now, now note, Jesus isn't rebuking Thomas. He's not getting mad at Thomas. He's not shaming him. He's just satisfying what he needed in order to have faith. It says that Jesus looked at Thomas and he said, reach out your finger here and see my hands and put your hand and place it in my side. But then he says at that point, he goes, look, I've given you what you asked in order for you to have faith because you said you ain't going to have faith unless this happens. I'm gracious. I'm giving you what you need, right? Then he says, do not be faithless and incredulous, but stop your unbelief and believe. All he's saying is, Thomas, here you go. This is what you asked for, right? Now, stop doubting and believe. Thomas answered him and said, my Lord and my God. He had faith. He called him God. He called him Lord. And Jesus said, because you've seen me, Thomas, do you now believe, trust, and have faith? Blessed and happy and to be envied are those who have never seen me and yet have believed and adhered to and trusted and relied on me. What he's saying is, Thomas, you believed me because you actually were presented with evidence. And that's wonderful, but that doesn't take a whole lot of faith. Anybody can believe if you present the evidence. But blessed and to be envied are those who don't have a shred of evidence, but they're still willing to believe. And yet we struggle with that sometimes, don't we, within our life. We don't struggle with it for our salvation. How many, how many here feel that you are saved, blood-bought, that your sins are forgiven? Raise your hand real quick. That, that Jesus has forgiven you of your sins. Prove it. Show me. Do you feel like your, your ticket to heaven's been punched? Prove it. How do you know? Because you have faith, right? Because you have faith because of your, your belief in Jesus, the, that he died for your sins, that he was buried, that he rose again, so that you can die out to your sins and that you're buried with him, hidden in him, and that you rise again to be a new creature. We just believe it. You don't have a shred of evidence to go on, but you believe it. That simple mindset is how you're supposed to live the rest of your life. Say, Lord, I've got this huge need in my life, and all signs point that it's not going to get any better. Still believe his word. It doesn't matter what you see physically. It doesn't matter what you sense physically. It doesn't matter what the reports are saying all that matters is if you decide that the word of God is the one statute in your life, that the word of God is the one consistent in your life, that it never changes, that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and that you can trust him above everything else. I've seen a situation in my life that I thought, man, I don't see any light at the end of the tunnel in dealing with this thing, but last March, I began to speak to the mountain and just to believe and say, Lord, my hands are off of it. It's in your hands. You're going to take care of it. I don't know how you're going to take care of it. However you choose to take care of it, it's going to be the best way. 
it'll probably be better than any plan I can conjure up. And out of nowhere, I wasn't even expecting it. Just like that, the Lord changed the tide of things. He began to move. He made a way out of no way. Nowhere became now here. That's how God works. That's how faith works. Man, when you can believe when you ain't got a shred of evidence. Now, we can't be too hard on Thomas. That's how we usually believe. All right, Lord, I'll do this, but you're going to have to give me proof. You're going to have to write it on the side of the wall before I do this. Or, you know, we want to have some kind of shred of faith, some kind of shred of evidence. So we can't be too hard on Thomas. He was willing to believe. He just needed a little evidence. But Jesus said, man, you're going to take it up to the next level. You're really going to be blessed. And folks are going to envy you if you can believe before you even see. If you'll just believe my word. I told you, I'd, I told you in three days I'd rise again. If you would have believed, whoo, that'll take it up to the next level. God's good, and you can trust him. I'm going to present to you three scriptures today that I, I want to challenge you to meditate on throughout the week. And ask yourself, is there something in my life that I'm really not believing him for? That I'm waiting on the shred of, of evidence? There's some big mountains, even within our nation collectively. And a mountain represents something you can't see through, see around, see over. It's just big. And we don't know how we're going to solve it. You know, this whole coronavirus business. How are we going to get through all this? How are we going to, you know, are we waiting on a vaccine? Well, you know, the quickest that a vaccine has ever been made in this country is actually four years. Now, the Lord can move. I'm believing the Lord's, the Lord's already on this. That he's going he's gonna, to, uh, those that have the knowledge and the power, I believe he's going to move on their minds and in their hearts. And we're going to take care of this. We've got a lot of injustice taking place in this country that's been here ever since the birth of this country. And I believe God wants to pull that root of prejudice and racism and division. It's just an old spirit of division that doesn't belong amongst our people. I think he wants to pull it up out, out by the root and let there be peace and unity in this nation. And, and man, it's been decades and decades and decades, and, and it's a mountain that just doesn't seem like it's going to move. But I, I'm telling you, if we'll keep speaking to that mountain of division and hatred, it'll move. It'll move. Say, well, I don't see any shred of evidence. Believe the word of God that love never fails. Love always conquers. That the greatest of these is love. Love will win. Love will prevail. Amen. Here are the scriptures. Matthew 19, 26. But Jesus looked at them and said, With men this is impossible, but all things are possible with God. Stop putting limits on God. And while you're at it, stop putting limits on yourself. Because if you're with God, all things are possible. You know, if you look up that word all in the Greek and the Hebrew, you know what it means? It means all. <laughs> it, it means what it says. All things. It's a pretty uh, inclusive word. Psalm 33 and 4, for the word of the Lord holds true and we can trust everything he does. You can just trust God. That's really what it's about. We've been talking about it. You've got one fight. Say, oh, I've been fighting with the enemy. No, you don't have to fight the devil. The Bible says resist the devil, he'll flee. All you have to do is resist him. There's one fight that's mentioned in the New Testament. It's in Timothy, 1 Timothy. Fight the good fight of faith. That's it. Fight the good fight of faith. In other words, when you wake up in the morning, 
You have to fight the fight of, am I going to trust God today or am I going to trust what I see with my physical eyes? I'm going to trust what his word says over anything else. That's, and it's a fight some days. Numbers 23, 19. God is not a man, so he does not lie. He is not human, so he does not change his mind. Has he ever spoken and failed to act? Has he ever promised and not carried it through? All I know is in my life, God has a perfect record. He doesn't always do things the way that I think he should. He doesn't always ask my opinion. But by the time he gets through doing it, he does it far better than what I could have ever imagined. And I'm pretty glad that he didn't take the road that I would have taken. Because he always works it out to do what's best. Amen. Let's pray. While we're praying, I'm going to ask if the elder board will make their way up close to us here. Father, I thank you for your word. Lord, help us to be people that just simply are people of faith. Because when we stay in faith, victory is guaranteed. Lord, we choose to just trust you, to take you at your word. And know that you're taking care of us. And that you'll never leave us or forsake us. So Lord, anything that we're holding on to that we may cause anxiety or unforgiveness or a mindset of lack limitation and not enoughness, Lord, we're just going to give it all over to you. You're supplying all of our needs according to your riches and glory, you said. There's not one need that we have that you're not going to supply. So Lord, we just thank you today. Thank you for being our God. Thank you for taking care of us. Thank you for never breaking any of your promises, regardless of how how good or not good we're doing in life, you hold true. Thank you for your mercy and grace. If there's anyone under the sound of my voice who's never given your heart to the Lord, I want to invite you to do so today. Within your own way, within your own time, just say, Jesus, I've made a mess of my life. Forgive me. Forgive me of every sin, every, everything I've ever done that's been harmful to myself or to anyone else or been contrary to what you want. Wash me clean. Come into my life and live forever. And I'm yours to command from here on out. Amen. If you prayed a prayer like that for the first time, I want you to come talk to me after service. Matter of fact, if I haven't met you yet, we got a lot of new faces. Don't leave before you say hi. Uh, You'll have to forgive me. Normally, I'd shake your hand or hug your neck. But, you know, under the circumstances, we'll all try to be good people and uh, take care of each other. Keep distance. But come say hi. I want to meet you. And thank you for being here today. So look at these good-looking people behind me. (laughs) I'm actually talking about you, Howard, yes. Howard's looking around trying to find a good-looking person. (laughs) Now, we are are really, really blessed in this church to have such incredible folks attending. I mean, we've got a a world of talent. We've got a world of incredible minds, but but more so just incredible hearts. Uh, Not just from the folks standing up here today, but, but just all of us. Uh, we're a small army, but man, we have loved on this neighborhood and made a huge impact, whether it's cooking meals for folks in need or supplying uh, other needs or, or reaching out to the greater community. And we filled a big old pickup truck full of food, you know, to take the mission Arlington. We just, I, I praise God, we were a folk that, a group of people that love other people. And so the people standing behind me today uh, that are working hard to serve us as a church and to help lead as a church uh, represent the kind of heart that all of you guys have. Uh, and, and they all have incredible talents. A lot of churches 
you know, the pastor winds up running the whole show and, and all that. And thank God that that's not how we're set up because we'd all be in big trouble. Uh, you know, I'll, I'll preach all day long and talk about spiritual things. Uh, but these guys have a much better business mind and know how to handle God's resources far better than what I could ever ask for. And, uh, and also they're not afraid to say no to me. That's the good thing about it. They're not, they're not afraid to, uh, disagree with me when they need to. And, uh, so God has surrounded the pastoral staff with incredible godly counsel, uh, represented on the elder board. Uh, now we do have a member of the elder board not here and that's, uh, Bob Kimball, uh, uh, the facility where Carrie Kimball goes and has, um, uh, physical therapy, they've had their first COVID case. And so there's a possibility that Bob and, uh, and Carrie may, maybe have been exposed. They don't want to take any, so they're quarantining for a couple of weeks. Uh, but he is here in heart. He would have been part of this, uh, part of this commissioning today. Uh, uh, JJ and myself already, uh, uh, and, and Bob as well, uh, kind of already had a bit of fanfare earlier in the year when, when we had our ordination service. So today we are actually uh, concentrating and, and commissioning Tanya Brodingham, Greg Grimes, and Howard Porteous uh, to our elder board today. Uh, uh, now they've already been active. This is something we were, we were planning to do in March and we were even gonna have a potluck and just kind of celebrate this moment. But uh, with the way life has gone, you know, this, not quite so much yet. So uh, first of all, I wanna thank, uh, we've got some incredible, incredible people. Uh, Tanya Brodingham, not only has been living for God since she was a young girl, but she is also has incredible experience with nonprofits. Uh, she already deals with donor relations for another nonprofit and brings just that wealth of knowledge to us and, and uh, how to oversee and be a good steward of the resources and finances that God brings in to Gathering Church. So we value that. Uh, plus, she has an incredible servant's heart. She's served uh, many uh, uh, many events here within the community and also here at the church. Uh, uh, Howard Porteous uh, is one of the founders of the church. He's part of the, if you look on our 501c3 charter, uh, he and Bob and Carrie and myself are part of the, uh, the, the, the four original trustees for Gathering Church, for the, the entity of Gathering Church. Uh, but Howard not only is the founder, but he also just has a heart to serve. Uh, if you show up early enough, when we're in the LECC, you see them setting up chairs or putting away chairs or setting up flags or carrying or mopping or sweeping. Uh, the, the man constantly serves and, and he's one of the biggest givers you'll ever run into in his life. And you'll never know about it because when the Lord tells him to give, it's just between him and his wife and the Lord. And he, boy, he's like a kid at Christmas when he does so. But, but it's an honor to be able to serve in the, in the kingdom with, with Howard. Greg Grimes is one of my favorite neighbors in all of Viridian. And the Lord brought us together in the midst of tragedy, but then we've walked in the midst of victory as well together in the midst of love. Uh, you know, the other week you heard him get up and give a little bit of testimony about his life growing up in Mississippi uh, and, and seeing some really rough things when it came comes to racism and things that you could hear the pain in his voice and even things that he didn't even want to share because it was too painful. Yet if you hang around him, you see what the Lord has done with him. You ain't going to find anyone that loves people the way that Greg Grimes loves people. And not only that, he's incredibly talented in business management and uh, human resources and just all, all kind of stuff. He's worked in print media and everything else. Just, just a wealth of talent and ability that the Lord has brought to help us on the elder board. So uh, let's commence with this. Amen.
my friends and family, you have been called and appointed for leadership within Gathering Church by serving as an elder in our fellowship. This ministry is a blessing and a serious responsibility. It recognizes your special gifts and calls you to work among us and for us. And love, we thank you for accepting your obligation and challenge and challenge you to offer your best to the Lord, to this people and to our ministry within the community and to the world. Live a life in Christ and make him known in your witness and your work. Today we commission Greg Grimes, Tanya Broddingham, and Howard Porteous as participants on the elder board of Gathering Church. 1 Timothy chapter 3 says, Here's a trustworthy saying, Whoever aspires to be an overseer desires a noble task. Now the overseer is to be above reproach, faithful to their spouse, temperate, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not given to drunkenness, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He, they must manage their own family well and see that their children obey them. And they must not do so in a manner, they must do so in a manner worthy of full respect. If anyone does not know how to manage their own family, how can they take care of God's church? They must not be a recent convert, or they may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. They must also have a good reputation with outsiders, so that they will not fall into disgrace and into the devil's trap. Those who have served well gain an excellent, and sta excellent standing and great assurance in their faith in Christ Jesus. So as pastor of this flock, I charge you today to acknowledge yourself a faithful disciple of Christ, to devote yourself to the service of God in this community, to live in such a way that you enable this, you enable this church to be a people of love and peace, to do all within your power to be responsible to the task for which you have been chosen. We're going to ask JJ if he'll pray over our elders today and commission them. All right. Let's pray. God, we're just so grateful to you uh, today that you have made a way in your infinite greatness to be with us, that you have made a way for us to know you. We just acknowledge today, Lord, that we are human, that you just made us out of dirt in the first place, uh, but you made us special. And Lord, in all of, our, um, all of our shortcomings and all of our humanness, we just commit to you today that, that we will seek to do your will, that we will seek your face, that we will be as faithful as we can be and that we will trust you to do what we cannot. Father, you promised that your Holy Spirit would be with us and, and would help us. It would be our counselor. It would help us understand you, to draw close to you. And Father, I just pray that spirit upon us all today. We just thank you for the way that you've provided for this church both materially and with from the leadership team and from the people. Lord, we're just amazed at what you're doing in this community. And uh, we pray that your kingdom would be here in this place, that we would be able to reach Viridian and the, and the wider com community. Father, you would draw people unto yourself, that we would lift up Christ and that you would draw people to Christ. And I just pray that that's what this church will be, that we'll be a community who seeks your face, 
a community of integrity. God, that we would work diligently toward your ends. And I just lift up each leader here today. And I just pray for your, uh, your hand to touch them, God, that you would bless their efforts, that we would not step out in our own uh, plans and in our own, um, in our own designs and our own efforts, but that we would listen to you and hear what, uh, that we would just join in with what you already have going on, that we, we would see your vision and that you would enable us to, uh, to carry forward that vision, God, that we would be your hands and feet in this place. Just thank you for the love and support of all the, of all of our community. And Lord, we just trust you and we thank you, and we are humbled to be in your presence today. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. We have we have a token of our appreciation for you guys. A little gift. May the Lord bless you with it. So, can we give our elder board a hand clap of appreciation? Amen. We're about to be dismissed, but uh, I, I want to remind everyone, whoever's available today at 6 o'clock this evening, weather permitting, we're going to meet at anyone who wants to. Uh, and this is not necessarily a gathering church sanctioned event. This is just me getting out there saying whosoever. Uh, we're going to meet at Inspiration Park, 6 o'clock over at the gazebo, right? Uh, just a few blocks uh, north of us here. Uh, and, and for a just a community-wide prayer meeting. Uh, for anyone who wants to be a part of it or if you're available. Um, and, and we're going to pray, number one, for the Lord to uh, just move on behalf of uh, this whole COVID-19 situation, uh, as well as uh, just healing for the, healing for our nation and healing amongst communities and amongst uh, races and, and healing for, for some of our brothers and sisters who are just really hurting right now uh, because of just... Uh, just a lot of years, a lot of years of uh, intolerance, and uh, so, uh, and and for for also unity within our within our own community and our greater community. So, uh, anyone who wants to be a part of that, uh, meet meet me at the the gazebo at six o'clock this evening. And uh, if you can't be there, just take some time out around six maybe and pray. Even if you're in your own home or out somewhere, take a few moments and just pray. Uh, so you can be with us in spirit. So, all right, let's pray real quick. And we'll be dismissed. Father, I thank you for everything that you've done for us today. Thank you for gathering us together. Uh, Lord, I pray that your word will re not return void, but you'll help us to be people of faith. Keep us safe. Keep us protected. Keep us sealed off. Lord, I speak uh, divine uh, health and healing and protection over everyone under the sound of my voice uh, that we'll be able to come back together next week, healthy, virus-free, uh, and just a prospering people. In Jesus' name, amen.